From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's a show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we're now three months into 2018, and many of those New Year's resolutions about eating better may not be so strong. But eating well doesn't have to seem like a chore. So today we want to put some more greens in your spring. We're talking salads, fresh vegetables, and meals without meat. Our guest today is Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe that specializes in delicious and creative meatless meals. You can join the conversation with a question or comment. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email the show, food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So we're now three months into 2018, and many of those New Year's resolutions about eating better may not be so strong. But eating well doesn't have to seem like a chore. So today we want to put some more greens in your spring. We're talking salads, fresh vegetables, and meals without meat. Our guest today is Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe that specializes in delicious and creative meatless meals. Join our conversation this morning with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Or you can email the show, food at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Deborah. Hope you're doing well this morning. Kevin, I am doing absolutely fantastic. I um, had an incredible weekend. Of course, you know, I'm hanging out at the resort, and uh, that's going out, you know, pretty well. I'm really happy about that. Uh, and I got a couple of new gigs coming up. We're going to be uh, hosting for Mississippi Food Network on the 22nd, so I'm really happy about that. So, yeah, I've had a great weekend. And I'm loving this necklace you got on today. Thank you. It's a tennis racket, so I got that online. Had a credit from Amazon, so I my old uh, necklace um, gave up the ghost, so I, <laughs> I needed a new one, so I bought this. Sounds like my last boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be visiting today with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe. I'm going to be talking about uh, what they offer and uh, sort of uh, eating uh, vegan or maybe vegetarian meals. Uh, meals without meat can can be tasty, and they're obviously healthy as well. So if you'd like to join our conversation this morning, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Brian brought in some food as well, and when he comes in and later in the show, we'll talk to him about the red beans and rice that he brought in. But it's almost like you two collaborated ahead of time because I think what you brought in was the perfect thing to go along with the red beans and rice. So tell us what your dish was. So when I saw his food, I was like, wow, because I've never met him before. Today was just perfect. And, of course, we didn't have a conversation about the food. But I brought in a warm summer corn salad, Kevin, and it's absolutely uh, really tasty. It's really simple to make. Uh, We've got some roasted corn, some roasted uh, pineapples, okra, a couple of different varieties of tomatoes in here, some onions and bell peppers, and everything has been individually cooked and roasted up. 
and then it's all tossed together and it's drizzled uh, in just a little bit of lemon juice and that's it. And everything's been cooked in olive oil. So you get that really fresh bite. I mean, it's really, really yummy bite. Yeah, I liked the uh, sweetness of the of the uh, pineapple in there. That, uh, very tasty. And then again, you've got some, I guess they're uh, cherry tomatoes. We, you've got some cherry tomatoes in there, um, both of the yellow and red variety. And it, and just, you know, because I like a little heat, so it's just a tiny bit of uh, spice in there, and that comes from Rotel tomatoes. Uh, but, yeah, this is a really yummy bite. You know, it's a great way to um, start the spring off, right? Everybody's getting ready for those exciting vacations and putting on those cute little bathing suits. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to get my Speedos out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have a, a bit of a disappointing tale. I uh, went to Kroger yesterday to get something for dinner, and uh, there was a big sign in the produce department that said Apple of the Month. And it was some apple I'd never heard of, a d- description of it. So I thought, oh, well, that sounds pretty good. It said something about they could um, stay in the refrigerator for up to two months. I think it said something like that. So I thought, oh, great. So I went looking all through the produce area for them, the fruit area, and I couldn't find any. So the Oddly enough, the produce manager was walking through, and I asked him about it, and he said that he had gotten um, a box. I don't think that's the proper term, but he had gotten a shipment of them in, mm-hmm. and they had sold out already. So he said, I'm going to have to take that sign down. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I've noticed that, that uh, Kroger is doing that where they're putting in, uh, you know, like I say, an apple of the month. And, and some. Uh, there was another variety I tried earlier. I don't remember what it was, but it was quite good. So it's kind of fun experimenting with uh, new flavors of apple. And who I never realized there were that many different varieties of apples. It so. is many, many, many different varieties, uh, Kevin, from all over the world. But it really is um, true. You know, they the practice of an apple a day. And, you know, you're talking about keeping your body healthy. It's wonderful for your digestive tract. They have all of these, you know, they're great for antioxidants and all these amazing things that you need to keep your body, you know, ticking just right. So, so as I said, we're going to talk today about um, meatless meals, vegetarian, vegan meat eating, and your corn salad, as well as what Brian's going to talk about today, proves that you don't necessarily have to have meat in a dish to have it taste good and to have it be filling. <laughs> because the, uh, the, certainly the, you know, like say the, the, the corn with the, the uh, tomatoes and the, and the pineapple in there, uh, very, very hearty. Well, you know, what's really interesting to me, of course, over the last um, 20 years or so, everybody's been, you know, really excited about the term being a vegetarian or being vegan. But growing up here in the South for me as a kid, it was not uncommon for us to have many meals that didn't have meat served. You know, you, when you think about growing up in a situation where there could easily be 15 to 20 kids hanging out at a dinner table, a lot of times, you know, you couldn't afford to buy meat for everybody. And then my grandparents were farmers, so they raised all these fresh vegetables. And a lot of times we would eat and never really even think about the fact that you didn't have all these meat products added to your day. Now, I'm, now I'm a carnivore. I love a great steak, and you know I'm not going to say no to some baby bag ribs. But <laughs> the reality is, is that you know this type going back to farm to table is a you know it's a huge conversation all over the world. It's where we come from, and I and I'm really excited about it, Kevin. You know, and I and I eat a lot of vegetables during the week anyway. But I'm just really excited that you know uh, you can find that complete balance here in Mississippi because a lot of times people talk about the standard you know of, of how we eat, but I feel like you can f- find a variety of everything for everybody to suit every taste palate. 
And, um, you know, I think that um, you don't have to be a complete vegan or vegetarian to enjoy vegetables. I think it's, a, you know, if you in- incorporate them into your, your food, into your diet, I think it, it, you'll find that, that they're tasty and that they, I think they are healthy. That, that sometimes depends on the way you prepare them. But I think for the most part, you know, uh, nutritionists tell us to get servings of vegetables and fruits in our daily diet. Uh, and I think that maybe some Mississippians may be closer to vegetarians than they realize. I know that, you know, most any deli you go into for a blue plate lunch, one of the options is is the vegetable plate. Absolutely. And, you know, so, uh, and again, with uh, farmer's markets and, and that sort of thing, uh, Mississippians have access to a variety of, of fresh vegetables. And and for those, you know, because, of course, we've talked about food deserts before, but for those people who don't necessarily, you know, have uh, direct access, we have wonderful organizations like the Society of St. Andrews or the Mississippi uh, uh, Food Network who are very diligent about getting these products, you know, to those areas. So you're absolutely right about that, Kevin. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're talking uh, about uh, vegetables today, eating green for spring. In just a few minutes after our first break, we'll invite Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe into the show, and he can uh, tell us about some of the things offered at his cafe. Uh, But we have some open phone lines. So uh, what's your favorite vegetable to uh, eat? Uh, Maybe it's seasonal. Maybe it's something that you can eat throughout the year. So give us a call. Let us know uh, what sort of vegetables uh, take uh, top shelf in your kitchen. The number to call is one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Also, uh, that email address is good. If you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss on Deep South Dining or a restaurant that we should feature, you know, we're trying to uh, expose you to a variety of uh, food providers in Mississippi and let you know what Mississippi has to offer in terms of eating. So you can always send some suggestions uh, to food at mpbonline.org. So, Kevin, what's your favorite vegetable? Um, hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, I think actually squash. I'm going to say squash or zucchini, which is I think I think that counts as one. But that's that's one of my favorite ones. You know, I, as we talked about on the show, I have the spiralizer and have used zucchini pasta. But also uh, to me, that yellow squash sautéed with the onion in it um, is is just really good. That's a that's a real southern dish. It's one I like. Um, onions as well. I mean, I love red onions especially. So. That would. Do, how about you? My my absolute favorite is tomatoes, and I keep them around the house. Whether they are um, cherry tomatoes or you know some other variety that I can just easily um, like heirloom tomatoes, you can just grab them and just pop them in like candy. That you know I try to keep some of those around. Corn is one of on the top of my list for fresh vegetables, and of course everybody knows I love a little okra. So. You know, I like vegetables. I can do, you know, it It really doesn't matter for me. I think greens, beans, tomatoes, potatoes. You got that job. <laughs> now, Deborah, I did want to say, I did want to uh, commend you this morning. I mean, you always bring in uh, delicious dishes. But as a person who, if I would have saw your warm corn salad just out at a, on a table, I wouldn't have gotten it. Okay. I would not have, but this morning you turned me on to it because it's it's to me it's more sweet than anything. Well, you and get the it, sweetness from the the pineapples, and it, and it's a great way job to to get kids who you know say I'm not going to eat that. 
once you just get them, to, if you can just get people to taste something for the and first that's, time. That's the thing. And I was when we bring Brian on, too, about vegan and vegetarian. You know, people hear those words and they don't want to. They instantly have some kind of preconceived notion about it and they don't even want to taste well, maybe we shouldn't say vegetarian. Maybe we should say vegetable-tarian. <laughs> We're making up new words here on the show this morning. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but really, that's really what you're talking about. You know, introducing, uh, you know, more vegetables to your to your diet is really what you're talking about. So vegetable-tarian or being a vegan, you know, that's their they're first cousins in terms of terminology. And we could, we could toot our own uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting uh, horn, uh, the 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 TV department who put on Ed said for the kids, you know, in the morning when I'm getting my kids together, me and my wife, we turn on PBS. And every time the Ed said come on, we have to stop because we're learning about my new favorite fruit, my new favorite fruit <laughs> or <laughs> or uh, carrots and, uh, the, and and all of the, you know, the different things that Ed says talks about. So you can turn kids on to to vegetables real easy. By the way, I would say that uh, if you ever watch those Ed Said uh, features and you see the one about tomatoes, the acting in that spot is just <laughs> – I mean, you know, we <clears throat> gave the Oscars out last night. That that, that certainly is worthy of an Emmy, uh, that the, the guy who played the tomato farmer just really nailed it. Uh, so <clears> – and speaking of tomatoes, it's funny. Kevin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> that was a lot of fun to do that. But the funny thing about tomatoes, before we go here, uh, my mother used to force us to eat tomatoes all the time in salad. We never did. I think she would be surprised because I do like tomatoes now. So, hey, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we will invite Brian Carrero from High Noon Cafe into the program. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. In just a few minutes, we're going to invite our guest to the program, We're going to visit today with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe. In the meantime, though, we do have a caller on the line. So we say good morning to Mike in Waveland. Mike, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Mike, how are you? I'm doing fine. I just wanted to say that um, I think the best vegetarian dish out there these days for everyone to try is ratatouille. Tell us about that. It's tomatoes. Smothered with mushroom, onion, eggplant, and um, I think um, green onion as well. Oh wow! And also herbs Provence, which is a which is a French herb uh, blend, and uh, you could put it over rice or pasta. That sounds absolutely yummy, and I'm a fan of eggplants. Um, and you know, the first time that I was uh, ever introduced to eggplants, Mike, uh, my aunt literally fried it like fish, and it was just absolutely delicious. But to be able to serve it the way you just described sounds really yummy. So I can't wait to try that. Yeah, it's a French vegetarian dish, mm-hmm. and um, what I do is I just take canned. Uh, diced tomatoes and I just cook everything down in that with a little water if needed and also herb uh, the uh, dill 
wheat is also essential to cooking that particular dish. Now, you, you did say dill? Dill wheat, yes. Exactly, Not okay. Dill seed, but the wheat. I got you. Mike, uh, thanks for the call. That's a great idea. You know, and he, he I think two ingredients in there, um, the uh, eggplant and the mushrooms, it's it's very hearty. So, you know, I think if people think skimpiness or that you're not going to get full or feel, you know, like you've had a good meal when you're eating vegetables, I think that certainly is a misnomer. And I know that uh, in one of the dishes from, I think it was Blue Apron, I had the uh, baby eggplants that were really, really good. But that, again, is something that is, it really does work well as sort of a replacement, if you want to think about that, uh, for meat and when you're eating some uh, f- some dishes. Well, you know, Kevin, uh, you know, th- uh, not just with the eggplant, but when you think about so many different bean bar- varieties, beans in and of themselves have a very hearty taste and texture to them. And many of them, if cooked properly, can actually taste like meat. And uh, speaking of that, this morning we had this amazing red bean and rice dish. And, of course, you see my plate. I got a happy plate this morning. <laughs> Looks like it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, I'm, I'm really miserable. See my face? I'm going to get a second bowl, right? <laughs> so we are joined in studio by Brian Carrero from High Noon Cafe. Brian, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Give us a little bit about uh, an idea about your background. Uh, I've got an extensive cooking experience in multiple different venues, uh, sandwich shops. I've worked at a Taco Bell. Um, I've worked at a vegetarian cafe in Tallahassee, Florida, also a food co-op in Tallahassee, Florida. How long have you uh, been at uh, High Noon Cafe? I've been there about nine years. Okay. So what makes High Noon Cafe so special? Tell us about that. Well, um, it's a vegetarian cafe, of course, with extremely strict buying guidelines. Um, We focus to keep our food extremely clean. No GMOs, no pesticides, no preservatives, no artificial colors. And also in with that, keeping it vegetarian, if not vegan, to the best of our ability. And uh, that makes it, the alley is very narrow for what we can order and serve. So uh, you brought in something for us to sample this morning. And as I was telling Deborah before you came on the air in that first segment of our show, it was almost like you two had collaborated, although you didn't, because Deborah's corn salad really, I thought, went quite well with what you brought in, which is uh, some red beans and rice. So tell us about uh, the the food that you brought in for us today. Uh, well, it's pretty simple, just red beans and rice. Um, I got the call to come up Friday, so I didn't have time to prep anything super fancy so i wanted to keep it simple and also keep it southern to keep in theme with the show so um basically it's just red beans you soak them overnight um you cook them until they're tender and then what i do is i, I smoke them mm-hmm. in a smoker with a hickory or mesquite or a blend of both and uh, put some seasonings in the liquid and i sort of take them out smoke them then put them back in the juice and then the rice is uh from the Delta, the Delta Blues rice, so it's local. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to use more local stuff, but a lot of it's not certified organic. So especially with produce, I can't put produce that's not organic on our salad bar. Our salad bar is 100% organic, so unless it's certified, I can't put it out there, and I'd hate to have to buy two types of squash, two types of this, two types of that. Um, it would just be a little redundant. So is Okay, so from a purist standpoint... 
ex- explain to people really what it means to be vegan because you know it's really more than just eating vegetables. Oh, agreed. Absolutely. So um, talk to us a little bit about when that. When someone tells me that they're a vegan, I think of it more as a, a lifestyle choice rather rather than a diet. It's a lifestyle that has a diet associated with it. Um, it's a lifestyle that doesn't use any animal products or products that were tested on animals. Like they wouldn't wear leather. They wouldn't do other things and eat honey or anything. Um, so when I see people that have just a vegan diet, but they're wearing like leather shoes or something, I'm like, uh, you're kind of, it just makes me kind of itchy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's really interesting because, uh, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, people say because they did change their diet, they'll say I'm a vegetarian without realizing that there is a whole practice of living that goes along with this lifestyle, both mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it's a whole, almost kind of a, like a, a religious movement, for lack of better expression. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good way of putting it together there. Yeah, there's um, definitely ethics kind of play a big big role in the diet. Like change, changing one's diet is, is one thing, but why would someone want to change their diet is, is a whole other story. Um, I, I kind of stress the fact that a lot of people, they change their diet, but they don't change their lifestyle. They don't increase their exercise or anything like that. And they wonder why changing their diet doesn't have this immediate effect and change the way that they are. It's like, it's sort of like you have to change your whole approach to living. Your way of thinking. actually. Exactly. A diet is only a, a piece of the puzzle. Exactly. Well, and I think that goes along with where a lot of times people go on a quote unquote diet and they lose X amount of pounds and then they say, okay, well, now I can go back to eating the way I used to. When a lot of times if you want to improve your health, eating better is part of it, but it, 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 it becomes a lifestyle change. It's more than just for three months following these sets of rules and then sort of going back to you know, eating fast food and, and, and cakes and cookies and that sort of thing. So, Absolutely. Uh, what is the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan? Um, I, I usually put it in the realm of faces. Um, a vegetarian would eat nothing with a face, but they'd still eat honey, dairy, things like that, that come from things with a face. With a vegan, it would be nothing with or from a face. So basically, if it has a face and you get it from it, a vegan wouldn't deal with it. That includes leather, um, honey, eggs, things like anything that comes from, from a living animal. Uh, by the way, we forgot to mention also when your red beans and rice, uh, you brought in some uh, cornbread. If you would tell us a little bit about that as well. That's our uh, jalapeno cornbread. It's got uh, red peppers, jalapenos, uh, some organic corn, and uh, some sugar to kind of offset the jalapenos. So let me say this. I would drive to the restaurant just to order cornbread. That cornbread was really awesome. Awesome. Extremely awesome. I'm glad you liked it. So uh, High Noon Cafe is part of the Rainbow Co-op that is located in Jackson. Uh, Tell us a little about the co-op, if you could. The co-op has uh, the same buying guidelines that the cafe has, um, and they're looking to provide good, clean food for people. I believe uh, my recollection of the history of of the co-op may be a little skewed because it's been about 35, 40 years since it was established. It started out as a buying group, a group of people that pulled their resources to buy clean food that wasn't readily available. Um, Since that time, you know, that kind of food has become more and more accessible. Little sections in like Kroger with the Whole Foods place that opened up, there's, it's a lot more accessible than it was back in the day. But what we're to do is just make sure that all of our products are very clean. So you know that when you come through the door, you're getting what it says you're getting, not like 
what you says you're getting with a booby trap in the box. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, what's really fascinating to me, when you look at the historical value of why are we putting such great emphasis on clean food, around the same time that our first fast food uh, restaurant showed up, the culture started to shift, you know, to drive through uh, and get more processed foods and then economically there were things happening in the country to change and so then farmers were being paid not to farm and then this whole you know lifestyle that we live now just completely shifted and and it's amazing because when when I'm talking to my daughter or granddaughter they really are almost completely clueless to what it was like to you know to pass by and see farmers raising real food it's just you know because even now here in Mississippi basically what you're going to see in most farm situations is you'll see corn and soybeans and cotton. And a huge portion of those items are raised, not even for human consumption, mm -hmm. but to feed livestock so that we can f make more fast food places. Indeed. We're visiting with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe on Deep South Dining. If you'd like to join in the conversation, <clears throat> you can give us a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the show after this quick break. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe. So we're talking about uh, cooking with vegetables, vegetables, vegan uh, diets and, and uh, dishes uh, and those sorts of things. If uh, you'd like to join our conversation this morning, the phone lines are open. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 My brother was a vegetarian for a number of years. I think he's loosened up a little bit, might maybe eat some chicken and a couple of things like that. But it, uh, I have a kind of a funny story. And it'll have a question on the end, so bear with me here for just a minute. Uh, but uh, several years ago, we went to uh, the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. So we went to the uh, one of the restaurants for lunch. Uh, they had we had called ahead and said that he was a vegetarian, and so uh, there are were supposed to be vegetarian options on the menu. Well, when we got there, uh, they somehow the, dropped the ball, and there wasn't. So basically, what they did, they said, well. We can give you this, and we'll just not have the meat in it. My question is, vegetarian cooking is more than, oh, here's a menu, here's a recipe, let me remove the meat. I mean, it, so tell us about maybe how you create uh, your some of your dishes. Well, normally meat, when I think of meat, I think of protein. Um, so that's immediately what I'm going to target is, does the dish that I'm making have protein in it? And then I pick a protein, whether it's a soy-based product or a bean or nuts or whatever, and make the dish around it. Same way I would make a dish around meat. So if you were to, like, just pull the meat off it and stuff, I think that's kind of a, a half rear-end way to do things. <laughs> I, I think, too, one of the myths that people assume is that once you become a vegetarian or a vegan person that you're going to automatically become very skinny. And I said you have to look at nature to just know that it's not true. One of the biggest mammals that we have is an elephant, and he's not a meat eater. So just because you change that, you know, doesn't mean, you know, that you're actually going to instantly become this really skinny individual either. 
No, I think that depends a lot on how much exercise you're getting. Exactly. We talked about that earlier, that it is a lifestyle change uh, is important if you want to try to uh, to lose weight. Although I would say that uh, eating a vegetarian diet probably is a big help uh, if you are intending on uh, trying to eat healthier and and, uh, and maybe lose some weight. Absolutely, because even, and along with the, uh, the elephant, the ape is also another animal that doesn't eat meat, but it's very strong because it is eating a lot of protein type of veg, fruits and vegetables during the course of the day. So you can build a lot of strong body mass without being super skinny. Mm-hmm. And they climb around all day, too. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the last time I went to the zoo, I saw a lot of large elephants, so I'm going to let you tell the elephant that they're not skinny. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a caller on the line. Why don't we invite uh, Linda from Oxford into our conversation this morning? Good morning, Linda. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you so much. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that... Um, when I was in my 30s, I stopped eating meat. I'm uh, almost 74 now. Uh, I am, however, not a vegetarian. I'm a pescatarian, which is to say I eat some fish. That would be sustainable fish mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, not that I need to, but my husband enjoys fish, so uh, we do have some fish. Um, what uh, Deborah was saying a moment ago about what you see that people are raising in Mississippi. I think it was Wendell Berry who said uh, words to the effect that what we eat determines to a large extent how the land is used. So although I have been an environmentalist for many, many years, I consider the one thing that I do uh, for the environment more more important than anything else is not eating animal flesh. All right. I, I Linda, appreciate that. Thanks for the call. You know, and that, that seems to fit in there. That, uh, and, and, and Brian, as you said, that, that kind of fits in the idea of many vegetarians. It's not just a diet. It, it, it's, it's lifestyle choices and changes. Exactly. It's a sense of consciousness about the entire environment. And uh, it is almost kind of uh, adhered to sometimes many religious practices, Hindus and Buddhists. You know, it's everything belongs to everything. We are all one breath. We're all one life. And so if you believe those practices and you're conscious of it, then it would affect the way that you eat certain things. Indeed. It does kind of all boil back to uh, mindfulness. I had a, a teacher back in the day that taught me about a lot of life. And the word that he always used was mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. And uh, and it all seems to come back there. Absolutely. So tell us some of your best meat substitutes. Best meat substitutes. Um, For well, me, it's a cup of coffee, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, recently started making our own seitan in, in-house at High Noon Cafe. And that's what we make our vegan Philly cheesesteaks out of. Um, it tastes a lot like cheesesteak. So exactly what is seitan for, for people it's who may not know? basically super gluten. It's, uh, it's vital wheat gluten with some seasoning in it. And then you simmer it and we freeze it to get it cool real fast. And then we slice it and it comes out like, uh, the little flat meats that you have. Hmm. And it's, uh. It's pretty out of control. Uh, now, someone that was gluten sensitive wouldn't be able to even look at it without getting like <laughs> having having a reaction. Um, people, we call it wheat meat. 
Aha, very clever. And I guess tofu uh, has been around for a while, and I would imagine most maybe folks who aren't familiar with vegetarian uh, diets and things, tofu would seem to be one of the more familiar ones. Agreed. Um, And a lot of people are real scared of it because when it comes out of the package, it's super squishy. And it's gross. It doesn't taste like anything. And, I mean, I wouldn't eat it straight out of the box. (laughs) But um, what we do is we take take the time to cook it properly and make sure that it's seasoned properly and make it to where it's not gross anymore. And it's usually the first thing I grab for a skeptic that comes in and notices that we have no meat. So speaking of that, you know, how how do you attract crowds of people that are perhaps non-vegan to, you know, come and hang out with you at your restaurant? That really comes to our our customer base. Um, We don't do a lot of marketing. Um, I actually kind of like being a little hole-in-the-wall, sort of hidden hidden type place. Um, I'm sure there's others that would like to market it, but if they want to take the time to do so, that's cool. But um, more, it's more our customer base, base bringing in, say, their family, their friends, who may not share that, that particular person's view, but would come in and try the food and then be like, wow. And uh, so word of mouth in our customer base, I believe. I uh, want to ask you a little bit about some things on the menu, but first we do have a caller on the line. So we say good morning to Judy from Jackson. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Hi, Judy. Good are you morning. with us? Go ahead. Yes. I was given two specialty gourmet um, bottles of, well, one is olive oil and one is vinegar for Christmas. The olive oil is vanilla bean flavored, and I suppose one could use that in a recipe for cookies or cake or something, but the vinegar is espresso bean flavored. What can I do? with espresso bean-flavored coffee. I mean, espresso bean-flavored vinegar. Well, one of the things um, that instantly came to me when you talked about the espresso uh, vinegar is, it would for me, it would be a great way to uh, brine your meat or to um, marinate it, for instance, your ribs or your steaks, to infuse a little bit of that coffee flavor. And it's not going to be so much that it would overtake the meat in and of itself. But if you just, if, you know, I don't know, have you actually opened the container and, and tasted just a little bit of it? I have not yet, but that's a wonderful idea. It, it will truly make a wonderful marinade uh, for your meats. And, and immediately I was thinking about steak. You know, it just, it will add a little bit of flavor. And then uh, to finish it, you know, whether you're going to use a little bit of olive oil or butter in the oven, I'd probably use just some salt and pepper, uh, cr- cracked pepper, you know, to just kind of heighten the flavor and a little bit of coarse salt. And I think it'd be fine. Great. Thank you so much. You're right. so welcome. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on the espresso vinegar? Yeah, I would uh, take the vinegar and the olive oil, split it half and half, put it in a bottle, shake it up, and toss it over a salad. Aha. Uh-huh. Very Sounds good. Sounds yummy. Yeah. All right. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe some of the, the more popular items on your menu. Well, our Harmony Bowl is our most popular that we serve in the cafe daily. It's steamed vegetables over rice with tofu and your choice of sauce. Um, we have Thai peanut sauce, which is like spicy peanut sauce, mm-hmm. sesame ginger, which I call a dry, tangy sauce, and then teriyaki, which is sweet soy sauce, basically. And uh, that's our, our main seller. We have it available five days a week, whereas the other items, we change the grill item and the special on those days. So, But they won't let us get rid of the Harmony Bowl. <laughs> so all of the sauces that you mentioned have an Asian uh, inf- influence to them. So do you think that most of your cooking aspire along those lines? No. 
Um, those sauces were from actually before my time. A lot of what I've done as chef is sort of maintain what my predecessors had set in place, like okay. our, our seaside cakes that we have on Friday, which is our vegan uh, crab cakes. Um, basically, what I've focused on rather than trying to create my create my own spin on it is to maintain what was done before me and uh, kind of preserve a lot of that. So, yeah, the sauces are, are kind of oriental, but so is steamed veggies over rice. Mm -hmm. they, they just go together really well. But okay. like Mondays are southern day. Tuesdays are, you know, kind of easternish days, stir fries, curries, things like that. Um, Wednesdays are Mexican day. Thursdays are always pizza Philly day. And Fridays are always seaside cakes. So we have kind of themed days where we kind of go out a little bit. Do you have room in the menu that for, for things that you might like to add to it? Uh, I get to switch up on uh, Monday through Wednesday. I get to do different things. And uh, based on when I'm available to, I, I could throw a, a new thing out there. But mostly uh, we're running a skeleton crew right now. And basically we're just trying to keep the doors open. Okay. Uh, also, I see on the menu desserts, which I guess maybe might surprise some people. Talk, talk about some of the desserts that you offer. Uh, well, I actually bake all the desserts. Um, I'm the baker, the chef, the manager, whatever you want to call me. So, um, <laughs> the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. There, right? there you go. That's my title. Right there. Um, our desserts are just veganized cakes, basically. They have no eggs. Uh, they have no dairy milk. And um, I'm trying to think what else. So give us an idea maybe of how you replace eggs and, and milk in a, in a cake recipe. Well, with eggs, there's the product that I use is uh, – I believe the brand is Energy, but it's called Egg Replacer. It's a powder, and uh, you use like one and a half teaspoons with uh, two tablespoons of water, and that's one egg. Um, the butter we use is vegetable-based. It's called Earth Balance, and uh, the milk we use is soy milk. So all of those things seem to work very well for baking. And uh, a lot of people, like I've hired bakers in the past and uh, or dessert people, and they're like, how do you bake without eggs? How do you bake without milk? And I'm like, I don't know any other way. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I learned backwards than a lot of people did, apparently. But I think I think this becoming more popular in, in sort of big chain grocery stores is uh, almond milk and that sort of thing. So sort of alternatives. There are a lot of alternatives to, to dairy milk. Agreed. All right. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just put off by a non-meat meal. I, I mean, I guess it's something new to them. And a lot of times, especially with food, people are very reluctant to try something that they've never tried before that they might not know about. So for someone who would be a newcomer, uh, what is a way maybe you could ease them into uh, this new eating experience? What would you recommend for someone who's never eaten at your place to kind of get an idea of, of what it's like? Our Philly cheesesteak, honestly. That's the most meat-like thing that we have available. And if they were skeptical, they'd, they'd be less skeptical afterwards. Now, what's funny is, um, you know, I, when Kevin was saying that, I was thinking about growing up in the house. It, you, It was no such thing as being skeptical. My mama said, sit down and eat what was in front of you. And I think sometimes, you know, maybe, you know, it's, as parents in particular, it's really just choosing to serve your children those kinds of things and introducing their palates to not just, you know, one direction, but many varieties so that you can allow them to make choices as they get older indeed and i don't uh, i don't know fool is the right word but i guess uh, sometimes people might i mean if, if they went in there and, and ate and didn't realize it was a non-meat a vegetarian restaurant a lot of times i i don't think that they they would know 
It's usually 50-50 when people don't know. Um, 50% will walk back out the door as soon as you say no meat. And the other 50 will give it a shot. And usually they leave happy. I'd say 80% of the people that stay leave happy. Well, I tell you what, if they had had these red beans and rice and cornbread today, I'm telling <laughs> you, they would really be happy. I mean, this was really a very flavorful dish. And one of the things for me with my palate is I want to be able to taste the flavors. I want that really exciting thing that you get in the back of your jaw when food is really good. And this really was one of those very satisfying things. My brain didn't say something's missing, something's missing. The flavor's perfect. The texture was wonderful. I'd eat it again. Awesome. Uh, We need to take a quick break. Uh, When we get back, we'll continue visiting with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe. And I'll say I'm someone who I think uh, we described described myself earlier as that, you know, before I was uh, reluctant to try new things. And I'll say that uh, my experience with the the Blue Apron and the Home Chef have made me learn to, to try some things. Because if you don't ever try new foods, who knows what great flavors you're missing. We'll be back to wrap up the program after this quick break. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Brian Carrero from the High Noon Cafe in Jackson. Uh, They specialize in delicious and creative meatless meals. So we've been talking about uh, vegetarian eating, you know, uh, some of the vegetables and some of the things offered at the High Noon Cafe. Uh, And, Brian, again, one of the things I see on the menu that I really like, and that are uh, black beans. And, again, I talked about the idea that I think a lot of people think that vegetarian food can't be hearty but to me you know black beans will really that's i mean that's a nice hearty uh type of of bean to eat agreed and uh we actually have the black bean spinach burrito every tuesday okay and uh we make our black bean chili which has got smoked onions and peppers in it and uh some carrots and a little bit of just different stuff chili powder uh cumin powder and we serve that over Delta Blue's long-grain brown rice mm. and wilt some fresh organic spinach down, served on a 12-inch spinach tortilla with your choice of dairy or vegan cheese. Very good. What is a baked tofu log? Oh, man, that's super old school. Um, <laughs> we used to – we get our tofu in a, in a four-pound block. And nowadays we cube it all up before we marinate it. But back in the day we used to do it in logs. Okay. And we'd marinate those, and they'd come out there about this long, and you grab two or three of them, and that's how we were doing our portion control. Okay. So, but that menu is probably three years old or so. Um, I'm familiar with it because I helped design it, but uh, you may hit me with a curveball there of something that we no longer serve. <laughs> I got you. What, uh, what is your favorite uh, item on the menu? Well, it's not exactly on the menu, but my bread pudding. Ah. Um, it's actually going to be today's dessert. Uh, we make it with our – I make the bread, and then when the bread goes to write-off, instead of throwing it away, I chop it up and make bread pudding out of it. And honestly, uh, it's it's a pretty standard recipe. I was like – I Google a lot of stuff. I learned how to bake on Google. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I Googled bread pudding, like standard bread pudding, and then the only thing I really did was I chopped half of the raisins and replaced it with chocolate chips. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds oh, that really good. sounds like it's going to be yummy. We got yeah. a caller on the line, so say good morning to Mikey calling in from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Oh, I am so loving this show. Um, let me first start out by saying that um, after uh, over a decade, shall we say, um, well, maybe more than one decade, um, <laughs> of being vegetarian, um, not vegan, but vegetarian, um, uh, eating eggs and, and uh, dairy products, uh, I four months ago I decided because I thought maybe I'm being a little too stiff 
maybe I'm being a little too, you know, because I find that people who are not vegetarian and haven't looked into it think of vegetarians and, and especially vegans as being very sanctimonious and preachy. I'm neither of those things. Uh, my mother once said, um, this was after a, a, a Thanksgiving dinner where I brought the carrot salad to the dinner, and nothing else on the table was without meat in it. So when I went into the kitchen and got some whole wheat bread and made a carrot salad sandwich, my brother looked at me like, you know, <laughs> and I said, what? And he says, well, I've just never seen anybody do anything like that before. <laughs> but then they realized that, that how I really felt about it. And, and um, I think it was a connecting bridge. So that was a good thing. Um, uh, it, the four months in which I made the change and started eating more, not, you know, meat-based diets, but eating more meat, I've gained weight. I'm puppy. I don't like it worth a darn, you know. So I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before. I got a couple of tips here. Um, uh, chicken bouillon does not have chicken in it, but it is high salt, so you got to watch it. I have a friend that um, that I went to a, a birthday party for another friend, and she made she used um, the shrimp. Uh, they were vegan, so she used the shrimp boil but used it with the, I don't know, I can't remember the, what you call it right now, the, the, the gluten that he was talking about that you buy in the cans. And she boiled that, and I tasted it right next to the shrimp, and it was fantastic, I'm telling you. Now, I'm not giving up shrimp. I'm sorry, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mikey, good to hear from you. Uh, let's move on. We've got uh, Shannon from Gluckstadt on the line. Good morning, Shannon. Hey, Shannon, good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is a matter of um, how do you handle something gracefully? Sometimes people invite you to their home for supper or lunch. Do you go ahead and say, I don't eat any meat, or do you wait until you get there and you see the spaghetti and meatballs, and then you feel like you're know, you you're going to insult them by not eating that? As a, as a matter of ethics and, and just you know great table manners, especially if this is a, you know, a first-time invite to dinner, it's really okay to say to the host or hostess that, you know, there are particular allergies that you have or certain foods that, you know, you do not eat. And if they are very gracious and they're, you know, and they're really excited about having you at your table, they'll make provisions uh, to do that. But it's, it is really um, very polite to be able to, to do that because what you don't want to do is you don't want to go and have dinner and not enjoy the meal, number one, but, but possibly even make yourself sick. So it's really okay to discuss with the host or hostess what it is that you don't like. And, um, and I'm sure if they gave you an invitation, they'll be happy to make uh, provisions for you. I always hate saying, what's in this dish, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, instead of just saying what's in the dish, it, you know, it could just be very comfortable to say, you know, I am a vegan or a vegetarian or, or you know, or I don't eat meats, you know, or I have particular allergies. And and then the the host or hostess will, you know, take it from there. But, I'm, you know, there are things that uh, people who come to sit down at my table to eat with me will say, you know, there are certain things I just don't eat. And and because I want the company and because I love people more than, you know, um, making a big fuss over what I will and will not cook for them, I'll make the adjustments. All right, Shannon, uh, glad uh, for your call. Good to hear from you this morning. So, Brian, we mentioned that uh, the uh, High Noon Cafe is in Jackson. Uh, tell us the location. 
Uh, it's at 2807 Old Canton Road, which is uh, where Lakeland T-Bones and uh, Old Canton down there by the sort of State Street Triangle, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. It's in the same shopping center as Ace and Cups. And uh, it is in the Rainbow Co-op, I guess. That's correct. It's a big gray front face with orange letters. Um, if you go inside and walk a little bit and look off to the left, you'll see a cafe. That's where we hang out. And you had mentioned that uh, many of the items uh, the, that you have in the cafe are also available in the co-op. So if someone tried something and said, hey, I'd like to try that in my kitchen, they could find the ingredients right there uh, where, where they need them. Indeed. There's very few, very few ingredients that we use in the cafe that you aren't able to purchase in the store. And that has a lot to do with our buying guidelines being so stiff. Tell us what time uh, we can come and hang out, morning, noon, and night. Uh, The cafe itself, the cafe proper, is open 1130 to 2, Monday through Friday. Uh, We have a reach-in deli, which is where a lot of our leftovers and also deli food goes, which is open seven days a week whenever the store is open. Our salad bar is up from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And it's all organic except for the salad dressings because a lot of them have veganaise. And veganaise is a vegetable-based product, but it's not organic. Okay. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. For Deborah Hunter and our guest Brian Carrero, I'm uh, Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.